0: Good morning, Abundant Life Church. My name is Aaron Walton, and I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I just get the joy and honor of being able to speak with you today. Uh, So glad that you're here. If you're watching online, we are so glad that you are here today as well and a part of our service. Um, So here we are, the very last Sunday of 2018. In eighteen and i don 't know what this year has been like for you if it 's been full of amazing, incredible moments, or if you are glad to see two thousand and eighteen go, but as I was looking back on this last year, I just wanted to share a couple of the the crazy moments, some of the the hard moments, some of the most amazing moments of this last year the first one is as many as you probably have realized uh that i am not wearing glasses anymore and it was because i had the honor of getting lasik eye surgery okay let me show you a, a picture right here that is me uh right right before i went into surgery and yes i am holding a stuffed animal okay they gave that to me i didn't bring it myself uh, but this was one of the most terrifying moments of my life, okay? They, they get you all ready to go, and they're talking all nice to you, and they say things like, don't worry, Mr. Walton, it's going to be fine. Uh, it's about 45 seconds on each eye, nothing for you to, w- to worry about. And oh, by the way, at one point, you will smell something burning. Um, that's just your eyeball, don't worry about it. So literally, that that stuffed animal kept me through it, okay? If I didn't have that guy with me, I wouldn't have made it. Another crazy moment that happened this last year is I got to, uh, one of my favorite things to do uh, as a pastor is officiate weddings. And so I got to officiate a pretty cool wedding this last year, and uh, something I've done many, many times, but for the first time, something happened that had never happened before, before a speech, speaking engagement or something like that, I got Deathly sick. I mean, I got the most sick I've ever been in my entire life. I won't go into too much detail about how I got sick, but all I can say is things were coming out of all different directions. Okay, I was up all that night. I didn't. I don't think I got even like one minute of sleep. I was uh, sick all that morning. Uh, we we told the people like, "Hey, Aaron," you know, like my wife's like, "Hey, Aaron's really sick. I don't know if he can do the wedding." We couldn't find another officiant, so I had to just clean myself up. Uh, get some medication in my stomach, and I went and I I did the wedding. I survived it. Uh, As soon as the ceremony was over, I got the heck out of there. And the entire time the bride was coming down the aisle, all that was going through my head was, do not throw up on the bride. Do not throw up on the bride. Oh, please. If you're going to throw up, throw up on the groom, but do not throw up on the bride. Please, Lord, don't let me throw up. But I got through it, and it was okay. And the most... A uh, crazy moment of this last year, the scariest moment, I barely survived it. It was, it was intense, it was hard. Uh, I, by myself, took my two girls camping this, this last year on our own. Now, technically speaking, this is the backyard of my mom and dad's house. I mean, technically speaking, but you see there's a tent there, so I consider that camping. And if you look real close, you'll see an extension cord leading into that tent. Uh, that's why I hooked up my box fan. Uh, again, let me tell you, I'll never camp without a box fan ever again. Or I'll just never camp, either one. So, um, But the most amazing part of this last year, uh, the, the, the best thing that has obviously happened was uh, over this last year, I've had the honor of being the Happy Valley Campus Pastor. And I just want to take a second and just say that this has been one of the greatest joys of my life, to be considered, uh, to be a part of this church, to be your pastor and I thank you so much. I know for a fact that I do not deserve it. I have not deserved this opportunity, and I'm not perfect at it, but I am beyond thankful and grateful and humbled every single day by this opportunity, and so I'm honored to call you my church. I'm honored to be your pastor, and I'm so beyond blessed to call you my church family. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. No, that's very thankful. Thank you. But thank you so much Uh, for my family, on behalf of my family and my my two girls, my wife, we are so beyond blessed to be a part of this church and you have been a blessing to us. So as this year comes to a close, thanks for the ditto my mind already begins to race about what next year is going to hold, okay? There's so many different things about what next year is going to be, whether it be with what's going to go happen with my girls and all the ups and downs that are going to go through, my wife and I, with her work, with mine, with what's going on here at the church, the amazing things we've done this last year, what's God got planned for us next year? Am I going to be able to live up to those standards? And my, my chest starts to get a little tight and my, my heart starts to beat and I start getting worried and I start just racing about what the next year will take place. But I don't want to do that today. I don't want to worry so much about what tomorrow holds as much as I just want to take a second and just take a breath. So let's all do that together. Just one quick, everyone, just one quick. Today, I would love for us just to spend some time being still. Taking a second just to look back a little bit, but looking forward maybe for a a moment, but to really just take a moment and be still. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalms uh, 46. This is where we're going to be spending our our time today. And hopefully, as we walk through this psalm, we can take a moment to breathe. We can take a moment to be still. We can take a moment just to consider the truth of what this scripture has for us. So Psalm 46, I'm going to kind of walk through it uh, bit by bit, starting at verse 1. Um, Psalm 46, you can follow along with your Bibles or just um, follow along as I read. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surgeon. the very first thing that the author of Psalms of this Psalms particularly wants us to consider are some truths about the character and the nature of who God is. And so he says three things that he wants the the, the reader to consider, to kind of to kind of discern through, to kind of wrestle through. The first one is that God is our refuge, that He is someone that we can run to, that we can flee to in times of trouble when disaster hits, when we are in danger. He is someone we can run to when things get bad, and we will be given aid, we will be given safety, and we will be given protection. The second thing that he says is that he is our strength. Doing life on our own, doing it literally on our own ability, will only take us so far, and we will enjoy uh, the consequences of doing life by ourselves, but God reminds us that he wants to be our strength, to give us the ability to do things that we cannot do ourselves, and to give us the ability to take it. When the hard times come, when the difficulties take place, he sends his Holy Spirit to empower us by his strength. And the last thing he says is that he is ever-present help in times of trouble, which means he is around the clock, 24-7, he is ready, willing, and able to respond when trouble comes. And here lies the great tension that we experience in Scripture, maybe you've experienced in your faith journey. Here's this great tension that we are always feeling. Can the truth of who God is, can we hold it in one hand that he is our refuge, that he is our strength, that he is the ever-present help in times of trouble, When we experience some of the dark, hard, difficult things of this life, can we hold both of these together? When we experience moments when our life begins to fade away, when we experience moments when life begins to break apart, when the things, the aspects of our life begin to crumble, can we still hold the truth of who God is? When the mountains are falling into the heart of the sea, when the waters are roaming and foaming, can we still claim the truth of who God is? So here's my first question. When was the last time you felt the earth give way around you? When was the last time, maybe in this last year, maybe in the last week, you felt certain parts of your life began to shake, began to slip away? Maybe you've had a health scare in this last year year or so. Maybe you've had a family member or a friend have their entire world turned upside down because of some illness or some disease or some sickness that they have walked through. Has anyone experienced any struggle with a relationship? Maybe with a friendship. Maybe you got to a point with one of these relationships, whether it be a friend or a spouse or a partner, you never thought you would get to this place, but you're there, and it's, it's scary. You don't know what the future holds. It's been really hard. It's difficult. It has been the most excruciating pain you've experienced. Maybe you lost a job, or maybe you've gone through some discernment in your job, and you don't know why you're doing the things you're doing every single week. You're asking the question, God, is this what you've called me to do? Or maybe you've walked through some financial uh, scary moments where you weren't sure where the next months rent was going to come or you didn't know if you were going to have enough money to pay those bills. And maybe with all of this, all these things that mounted up, you are asking that question that most of us ask as we wrestle through our faith. God, where are you? The circumstances of my life, I don't see you in this. It is too hard. It is too difficult. The earth is giving away around me. The, the mountains are shaking. This is so difficult. God, Where are you? Let me show you a a quick picture. I'm gonna tell you, and try to be as open and honest as possible uh, with my church family, about a time in my life when the earth gave way around me. And it started with uh, the birth of our our second most beautiful baby girl, Emma. This was the day uh, that she was born. couple quick facts about what my family walked through during this time. Uh, The first is um, my wife and I, we already had uh, a two-year-old child at the time, uh, Carly, who brought with her the normal two-year-old ups and downs and uh, high emotions and and difficult experiences that a two-year-old would bring to any context. So we already had that going. Uh, My wife had been working night shift for uh, over 10 years, I think, at that point. Um, and I don't know if anyone in this room has ever worked night shift before, but it's tough. It is not an easy life. And so the night shift life that my wife had lived up to this point with her job had just had taken a toll. Uh, the ability to cope with stress, the ability just to kind of just be normal. I mean, she was exhausted all the time and so that along with a two-year-old kid at the time plus the the birth of a new baby made things really difficult probably the biggest thing that that made things difficult was the fact that i was working full-time in ministry at the time as a youth pastor but i was doing it pretty poorly i had not set up good boundaries i am not good at saying no and i had spent a lot of my time and i had used a lot of my emotional energy In the church anytime the church said hey we need you I was there anytime my students said hey we need you I was there and so I would be doing so much with the church that when I would go home I would just be, be exhausted and I wouldn't have the ability to really know what my wife was walking through I didn't have the ability to really to read her mind and discern what the feeling of the household is and to top it all off this beautiful wonderful baby doesn't she look cute she had colic which is that uncontrollable, inconsolable crying that she would just do for like five hours every single night. And so basically what she would do is she would cry and then she would fall asleep. And then the next day she would cry for five more hours and then fall asleep. And most of the time my wife had to deal with that as I was off doing a hundred other ministry type things. And this was the, the perfect storm that surrounded my family that led us to one of the darkest, most horrible moments of our life. And I remember one day, uh, I was spending most of the day with my wife, and she didn't say more than like one or two words to me. It was really weird. She was just kind of like kind of a a zombie as she just kind of went through the day, not really interacting with, not really talking to me, and I was just kind of going, what is going on? And so late that night, we were going to bed, and I said with a total attitude, I just leaned over and I said, babe, what is going on? She jumps out of bed, runs to the bathroom, bawling her eyes out. I'm going, what? I jump out of bed, I run into the bathroom, I fall to my knees, and I look at her and I just say, babe, what is happening? You've got to tell me what's going on. And as she explained to me in that conversation, and then that next day we went on a date, got away from the kids, uh, sat down and just talked to each other. Here are some of the things that she said. She told me that she hated our life. That the busyness of my job, the chaos that had been two girls trying to make this all work, uh, for her, herself, trying to just make everything good. And for us, we never really stopped. We just kept going, going, going in the midst of all the hard things. It just got to the point where she just did not enjoy our life. And she says, I don't know what to do anymore. Emma has been so difficult um, she, she would say that when she would look at Emma and she would be crying that inconsolable, uncontrollable cry for hours on hours, my wife just had this almost hatred for Emma. And she got scared about what she could do to Emma if she was left alone for too long. And it was all these dark things that were going through. And then the thing that really just, that just tore me up, that broke me apart, was that she looked at me and she says, I just don't know if I want to be here anymore. And what I tell people is I don't feel like my wife was, was suicidal but I do felt like my, was, my wife was at such a dark, hard place that she was looking around at our life, looking at me, looking at the girls and saying, everyone would be a lot happier if I was gone. If you want to talk about a time where I felt the earth giving way around me, when I felt like the, the mountains were shaking, the waters were foaming, when I got to a place where I said, God, I know you're there, but I do not see you. Where the heck are you? This was my moment. Now, time out for a second. In college, I read a book called Writing in the Dust. It was a personal reflection on the 9-11 events that happened in New York City a while ago. And the author um, talked about the tension that he was experiencing of being a man of faith in the midst of such a horrible tragedy that took place. And he says he wanted to offer his readers a breathing space. So that in the midst of a tragedy or a crisis or a time where your world literally gets turned upside down, instead of just throwing religious cliches, almost like you would throw a bumper sticker on a car, instead of trying to fix the problem, maybe all you need to do is just breathe with that person. Just take a breath. And not try to fill it up with words. This is what he says. Perhaps it's when we try to make God useful in crisis that we take the first step towards the great lie of religion the God who fits our agenda, there is a breathing space. Then just breathe for a moment. Perhaps the words of faith will rise again slowly in that space. Perhaps not. But don't try to tie it up quickly. So wherever you are today, I want to just offer, if you're at a a place right now where these religious words, the words that I am speaking, they just are going in one ear out the other. If they're not where you're at right now, then just let this be a, a place and a space that you can breathe that you can take a deep breath in. And we don't have to try to fix anything. We don't have to try to just give you these cliches that just trying to make you feel better. Sometimes all we need to do with each other is just stand or sit or hold each other in silent unity, in love. And so if you need a, that space today, if you're watching online and you need a space, just take a moment to breathe. And don't feel like you have to fill this space, this hurt, this pain, this frustration with anything that you're not ready to listen to. Believe you me, I know that God is my refuge. I, I know that, okay? I've read that scripture time and time again. I know that he is my strength, that when I am weak, I can call upon his name and he will empower me. I know that the God that I believe in is my ever-present help in times of trouble. But sitting across that table, looking at my wife that day, when she spoke those words that began to shatter this world that I thought we had built, those words didn't mean anything, at least at that moment. All I could do was just look at her and just go, and so if you need that today, please take it. And for anybody else that you're ready to listen, well then let's dive into the scripture. Time back in. Psalm 46, uh, verses uh, starting at 4, let's go through the rest of this because this is where things get really, really good in this chapter. Verse 4, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, a holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. First thing I want you to consider today, that if you're ready to listen, if you're ready to take this truth, then I would encourage you to take it and take it to the heart, is this. The peace of God's presence can always be found in the center of chaos. I'm going to say that again because let me tell you, this is the truth. The peace of God's presence can always be found in the center of chaos. So again, the author of of Psalms starts off with truth and then he talks about the reality of the world that we're in, the, the, the scary stuff that is surrounding us, and then he offers more truth for the reader to consider. That nations are in an uproar, kingdoms and mountains are falling and crashing into the seas, waters are foaming and roaring, the earth is giving way around us, and despite all of this, we are asked to consider that the God of the universe is our refuge, that he is the strength we can call upon in times of weakness, that he is ever-present, ready to help in times of trouble, and the most beautiful truth that we see in Psalm 46, God is with us. I love how it says this kind of imagery. It takes the imagery of the stormy waters it had in the first couple verses, and then it transforms that waters into this river, a river that makes glad the city of God, a river that flows through the heart Of the city and envelops us with his blessings, with his presence, and with his peace. And that's the beauty of what the scripture says is that when God is present, when God is there, there is blessings and there is peace to be found. That's why in verses eight and nine it talks about how God makes war cease, how he takes all these symbols of war and he destroys them, flips them on their head, and instead of war, there is God's presence. And in God's presence, there is transformation, there is hope, there is peace. And if you take peace and you really break it down and you really say, what does the scripture mean when it says peace? This is what it means. As you look all throughout the word of God, peace means completeness. It means safety. It means health and prosperity. The spirit of a quiet tranquility of the soul and the best definition that I saw of peace is a thriving, beautiful relationship With God that if you want to enter into peace if you want to experience peace the best way you do that is in a relationship with the God of the universe who here today or watching online needs the peace of God today what part of your life that maybe has been slowly fading away what part of your life that's going through some really difficult dark times? What aspect of your life do you need to take, bring to the altar, lay at his feet, place in his arms, and say, God, I need you to show up big here. I'm not seeing you, I'm not feeling you, but I know that you are there. And so I beg you, Lord, I call upon your name, and I ask that you would bless the situation. I ask that you would surround it with your peace, and I ask, Lord, that you would take those stormy waters and transform it into a river that makes glad this city, to make glad my life. Last weekend, Pastor Jeremy, during the Christmas services, asked this question What could Jesus do with the biggest disappointment of your life? What could Jesus, the Son of God, the, the beautiful perfection of who God is for us today, what could He do with the disappointment of your life? Well, Pastor, let me answer that question today. I'm going to tell you what God did with the biggest disappointment, the scariest moment. Of my life. I will tell you what God did. First off, um, after that conversation, my wife and I, we had you know, two choices that I think a lot of couples make where you can either say, okay, we're going to give up or we're going to jump in even harder and figure this thing out. Well, we did not give up and we said, we're going to figure this thing out. And instead of worrying about, okay, what do we need to do? How do we need to fix this? Where do we need to go? Well, who do we need to talk to? All these things that we need to do, we just stopped. We took a breath and we say, okay, God, we need you to show up. We need you to be our refuge that we can flee to here. We need you to fill us with your strength because we've been doing this on our own too long and it's not gone well. We know that you are with us, so let us see you and let us calm ourselves down. Ask the tough questions. Do the hard work. But let us begin to celebrate the fact that maybe you are here with us orchestrating something. And this is what he orchestrated. The first one was for me personally. He gave me a reminder, something that I've known uh, ever since I really took God seriously, but at times because life and because work and especially because sometimes church can get a little bit crazy and, and confusing for me. He reminded me about the most important thing in my life. Do you know what the most important thing in my life is? My relationship with my God. That is the most important thing. My energy, my attention, everything that I pour myself into has to start there. I mean, it could possibly, you know, most of us think, well, maybe it's family, maybe it's work, maybe it's our job. No. The most important thing in my life is my relationship with God because when I put him first and I strive to be the man that he's created me to be and if I'm humble enough to learn and grow, he is going to empower me to be the husband that I need to be, to be the husband that protects his wife, and doesn't allow her to be a victim of the enemy's attacks. That if I truly put him first, he empowers me to be the father that I need to be. To not give all my energy and to give my best self to the ministry or to the youth students or to everybody else, but to maybe bring that back home to my kids and give them the best and point them in the right direction. He reminded me that the best way that I can be a pastor to my church is by letting my church know that I can say no to them. That they're not the most important thing. That the most important thing is my relationship with the living God. And that by all that, I will protect my family at all costs. And anything else after that is totally up to them. But those two things I will do beyond a shadow of a doubt. I will protect my family and I will put God first. And so it renewed inside of me and it gave me a courage I never had before. It gave me a strength I never had before. It gave me a direction in life that I had never had before because I was really taking God seriously. Another amazing blessing that God bestowed upon my family, particular for my wife during this time, was because as we were going through this, uh, I had mentioned it to someone at our church, an older lady who is just the most amazing woman of God I've ever met. She contacted my wife and said, why don't we get some young moms together and you guys can just kind of have a time where you guys can connect and share and talk about life. And so they did that. And from that moment of getting together with these young moms, my wife has formed some incredible and amazing relationships with these other young moms, then they can just live life together. They can laugh together, they can cry together, and they can talk about the ups and downs of their children, the ups and downs of their husbands. Uh, I think I've told you guys before, they go on this thing called a momcation now every single year. These moms leave their children. More importantly, they leave their husbands away for an entire weekend. We have no idea if they ever come back, you know. No, don't clap for that, people, okay? Seriously, it's one of the hardest weekends of my life. You know what I'm talking about? I don't, I, that's a blessing for her. It's a curse for me, okay? But seriously, she has formed some incredible relationships, one of them being my sister, the other being my sister-in-law, and now they have a bond together forever that my wife can go to for support and encouragement. The biggest thing that my wife experienced during this horrific time of our life was a call to ministry, a call to young moms walking through the similar stuff that she had walked through. And now because of what she went through, because of the hurt and the pain and these scary moments, but also because of the God who is our refuge, the God who is our strength, the God who is ever present in our times of trouble working to bring about our deliverance, she now has a testimony where she can speak words of truth, words of hope, words of love into these young moms who are walking through similar things that she's walking through. And did I mention what she does for a living? Have I told you guys what she does for a living? It just so happens that my wife is a labor and delivery nurse. And so every day that she works, she gets to interact with young moms who have lives have just been turned upside down, who have gone through hell and back, who are walking through all kinds of different emotions, and she can speak words of truth, either in a religious context or just in a whatever context, she can speak words to just say, it's going to be okay. I've been there. There's hope. You're feeling this, and it's Okay. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. And the biggest, most amazing blessing that took place from all this horrible stuff that took place in our life is this. This is Emma. Ain't she a cutie? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Next picture. I mean, this kid, this kid has brought a, a joy, has brought a humor has brought a spirit to our family um, that no one else could have brought. Last picture. I mean, every time I see this beautiful girl, I'm reminded not only of the hard times that we went through, but I'm reminded more importantly of what God has done in the midst of such a horrible thing. These scary moments, that hard conversation my wife and had, the attack of the enemy was so great, and yet God, because he loved us, was blessing us, was sending us his peace was using all that we went through and gave us one of the greatest blessings I've ever experienced. And there is no way our family would be the same without her. And every day, we are thankful for her. Psalm 46, verses 10 through 11. Let's, let's close it up. Be still and know that I God, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Those two phrases—I'm sure you've heard it many, many times, right? Be still and know. Be still and know. There's lots of songs. Be still and know. One of the uh, the ways that you look at just this idea of be still um, is is this idea of sitting in silence, right? of stopping oneself, of calming yourself down. One of the scriptures that I read talked about just enough, just enough, stop what you're doing, stop worrying so much about what's going on. And the other phrase uh, to know is this idea of to learn, to find out, to discern, to wrestle through the truth, of who God is, and consider it for yourself. Don't just take things because someone has told you. Don't just take things at face value, but stop yourself from worrying. Stop yourself from trying to fix everything. Just maybe sit in silence and be still and consider the truth of who God is. So the last thing that I want you to consider is this simple phrase. Give yourself space to breathe and trust that God is with you. Sometimes the only way that we'll see the blessings of God, sometimes the only way that we'll experience the orchestration that God is doing all around us, sometimes the only way that we actually see how God can take this horrible news, this difficult situation, our biggest disappointment and transform it into something good is if we just stop, take a breath, and begin to trust that God is with us. Henry Nouwen said it this way. The problem of modern living is that we are too busy to notice that we are being blessed. It has become extremely difficult for us to stop, listen, pay attention, and receive gracefully what is offered to us. As we head into a a closing of this sermon and we're going to head into a time of communion, I want to offer those here today and maybe those watching online just a moment. Just an opportunity. And you guys can respond in however way you want. Um, For some of you, you just need to take a breath today. You just need to gather yourself up. 2018 is done, 2019 is almost here. We've got lots of plans, we've got a lot of places we're going, a lot of things we're doing. Maybe we just need to just, (sighs) just take a single breath as we head into some maybe difficult seasons, some difficult situations. For others, maybe we just need to be still for a minute. That your mind is racing, there's things that you need to do, but maybe before we start thinking about where we're going for lunch and what's our next day going to look like and what this next week going to look like, we just need to be still for a moment, to just stop, to just calm down. I mean, that's what the Scripture is talking about. I mean, and, and that's a most ridiculous, most ludicrous thing maybe for us to do. How many of us love to just stop and calm down? No one else likes to be told to calm down. I tell my wife all the time when she's really frustrated, hey, babe, calm down. That never goes well, you know what I mean? (laughs) That always has the exact opposite effect of what I'm going for. But maybe we just need to calm down today. Just take a second, take a breath, reflect. Don't worry about what the next thing is. Just enjoy the moment that you have. And for others, we just need to consider the truth of who God is. We need to consider the truth of his son, Jesus Christ. We've just celebrated over this last month the most amazing gift humanity was ever given. Jesus as a baby born to this world, Emmanuel, God with us. And maybe you need to consider, if you're ready to listen, that God can be your refuge if you're walking through some dangerous times. That this God who is our refuge will never turn us away. That God can be the strength that you need to get through these tough seasons. To take what the world is throwing your way. That if you feel weak, God can be your strength. In whatever role, whatever aspect of life might be slowly fading around you. And maybe we just need to rest and enjoy and celebrate the fact that God is all around us. That he is here. He will never forsake us. And when we're in trouble, he will be there. Nations are in an uproar. Kingdoms and mountains are falling into the sea. The earth might be giving way around you. Consider the God of this universe who loves you. Consider his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who laid his life on a cross so that you could have life and that life to the full. That he allowed his body to be broken and his blood to be shed so that you would not be a victim Of your circumstances that you would not have to be a victim of all this other stuff around you that he can take the biggest disappointment of your life and turn it around for something that God can bless you through and that maybe God can bless others through what you are walking through maybe you just need God to pour out his blessings today after communion we're gonna have a time of worship and after worship we're gonna have a time of prayer respond today however you want But take these words seriously as we sing this closing song. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From ashes a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of jesus christ pray with me lord i thank you so much for this day and i thank you so much lord for this amazing incredible church lord that i get to call my family and lord i pray that you would send your holy spirit upon this place at this very second fill this place fill every single person around here lord and remind us of the truth that you are the refuge that we can run to when things get scary lord fill us with your strength because doing this on our own it is too difficult and it is too hard lord we know that you are around us but give us the courage to see it give us the courage to respond to it give us the courage to celebrate lord that you are the god that is with us and lord i pray that maybe tonight maybe today maybe this week we would find a moment just to be still that we would find a moment just to breathe that we would find a moment to just rest in your presence and experience the joy, experience the hope, experience the peace that surpasses all understanding, that transforms all the disappointment and the hard that we go through and turns it into good news. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the, the sacrifice of your son on that cross. We thank you for the, for the bread that we will take in just a moment that represents the body that was broken. We, we thank you for the juice that represents um, the blood that was spilled. And Lord, give us a moment. Give us a moment right now today to celebrate your son, to celebrate your love, to celebrate the life that we can take hold of, the life that truly is life. And no matter what the world does, no matter what the, the nations are in an uproar of, no matter what happens in our life, if the earth gives way around us, we today proclaim your truth. And we take a moment just to be still and we acknowledge that you are our God. We thank you, Lord. You your name we pray, amen.